0: Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you.
1: the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, Praise the Lord everybody. The Lord. You can take your seats. Don't feel bad. When he said, uh, be, you know, don't, no applause, I clapped too. so <laughs> Twice. I did it twice. So I'm still learning. We're all still learning, right? All right. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, we had an awesome time the first service. Um, I'd like to start off by saying happy Father's Day to everybody all the fathers in the house, uh, everybody in the position of being a father. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to Pastor Blunt, Pastor Kim. Uh, Congratulations on 40 years of ministry. That's awesome. That's awesome. Always love being back in St. Louis. St. Louis has been great to me. Uh, A lot of great moments here, great memories. Uh, Got introduced to the arch when I was 22 and I never went up in it though. I mean, that's not happening. Uh -uh. I enjoy it from the ground so uh, beautiful city I love being here and you guys have always been so welcoming here St. Louis has some of the best fans best football sports fans baseball fans obviously it's unmatched sea of red that's all you see Uh, let's get started I'll pray and uh, we'll get in the words see what the Lord has for us today all right Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word, to feed on your word. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you for the finished works of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love and kindness, for the blood of Jesus, for all the fathers, uh, for the parents, Father, for for the work that we have the privilege of doing in these latter days, Father. We thank you that your face continues to shine upon us, Father. Thank you for growing us. Thank you for increasing us more and more. We thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit that has been poured out upon us is manifesting your word in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right. All right. I'd like to start with the gospel. The gospel in Acts 13, 38, New Living uh, Translation. And uh, if it's on the board, you know what? I'd like to read it together if you don't mind. I'll say one, two, three, or a ready-read which one you used to. All right, let's go, one, two, three. One, two, three. Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do, amen. I love applauding that because what we have through Jesus, what we have through His sacrifice for us, is forgiveness of our sins. We are forgiven people. Jesus said it is finished. The Father said in the Book of Revelation, it is done. So that's where we start. We start resting. We rest in the finished works of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's move over to Isaiah, the Book of Isaiah, Isaiah 59. We'll start at uh, verse 14, New Living Translation, once again. And it reads, Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. So what we see and what we just read, it's not good news. So it shouldn't, it's not good news to God, and it shouldn't be good news to us. We still live in a fallen earth and untimely events that happens. We have disappointments, discriminations, delays. There are premature deaths. How many of you know that Christians, believers, we shouldn't die before our time or prematurely? I mean, I'm, 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 I like to tell people I'm 58. I love to, you know, round up. You know, not down, you know. They give me something forward to look to. But uh, we shouldn't shouldn't have premature deaths uh, among the people of God. So when God saw injustice, when he saw truth falling, and he saw lack, and anyone who stood for the truth, he made himself a prey and a target. My question is, what did God do? And what should we do? Ephesians 5 and 1. New Living Translation. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So God put on his armor. He prepared for war. His armor is his armor. He can put it on. He can take it off. I believe he puts it on. He, he, his desire is for us, his children, to put on his armor. I talked about in the first service about work attire, uniforms. You know, I played 16 seasons of professional football, and we had uniforms that we were required to wear. In the locker rooms, there's even an image. So if you don't get it right, they put an image on the wall in a locker room of what you should wear when you you enter the field. There's a helmet, there's shoulder pads, there's knee pads. So everything you have on should look exactly like this, this picture to keep yourself out of trouble. There was also a uniform police. So when we played down at the dome, I was pretty, I was pretty friendly with the uniform police that stood on the sideline. He'd stand there with a pen and a pencil, and he's making sure that you are inside the code of uniform that you should wear. Now, here's the thing. There was a uniformed police at home, and I knew who he was, but when you go to places like San Francisco, when you go to Atlanta, when you go to Seattle, you didn't always know who that police was. So there was a fine system if you didn't fit the criteria of uniform that you should have on, like having your socks pulled up, like having your jerseys tucked in your pants or having a helmet or having your shoulder pads, or sometimes having knee pads or thigh pads. If they weren't in the fine system automatically said that you are to get fined. And listen, there was no argument about it. You just returned after the game on Sunday. Wednesday morning there would be a a FedEx package on your desk you open up that package and it says mr. Bruce you've been fined $5,000 for your socks not being pulled up isn't that amazing so so not only that if you didn't pull your socks up or tuck your jersey in in a timely fashion there'd be a second fine a second offense and that second offense started at $10,000 so how many of us don't want money taken out of our checks at all, right? I was the exact same way. I don't care how much money you're making. You want every dime that you work for, correct? <laughs> yeah, so it was a fine system. So whatever industry you may be in, particularly in any kind of sports, they want to make sure that everybody looks the same. And God is no different. He's inviting you to put on his armor. It's his armor, and you're his children, and he's, his desire is for you to put on that armor. So today's Father's Day, and often, this is often the time I think about my dad. I had an awesome dad, uh, uh, grew up in Albany, Georgia. He's, he's now with the Lord. He was a roofer in uh, Fort Lauderdale in that blazing sun for 40 long years. Guess what? I went up there two times with him, right? And the second time made me realize that I was going to college to play football because I just wasn't a roofer. I couldn't do it. He was an amazing man. But you know what? Every time. He, 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 he'd get a plate of food or he'd get a sandwich or he'd get a bowl of soup. He'd always say his, his, his grace or his blessing over his food would be, bless the Lord and thank the cook. He'd say, bless the Lord and thank the cook. I'm one of 15 children from Jesse Bruce and Caritha Bruce down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I have eight sisters and I have six brothers. Yeah, give them a hand clap, give them a hand. They deserve it. I told, her, I told service number one that when you have eight sisters, you know exactly what you have. You have nine mothers. <laughs> so bless the Lord and thank the cook. Now, every time we get together, we break bread and, you know, we have a meal. Inevitably, you will hear the prayer, bless the Lord and thank the cook. Because we were all well-beloved children imitating our father. And you'll still hear it. So God wants us to imitate him by putting on his armor. So when you put on God's armor, you will look like God and you will strike fear into your enemies. Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, New Living Translation. Isaiah 59 gives us a a couple of pieces of this armor. Uh, There's more clarity here in Ephesians chapter six and it reads a final word: be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. therefore Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, putting on and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the piece that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Everywhere. So we have what we see, six pieces to God's armor. And let's go through them, let's see what we have. We have the belt of truth. So truth is the belt. It holds holds everything up. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And secondly, we have the breastplate of righteousness. How many of you know that righteousness is a gift? It is a free gift given to us and made available to us by the finished works of Jesus at the cross. So righteousness is a free gift. So any, any shoe people in here? people that love shoes I'll tell you what I mean by that in a second we have the we have peace for our feet so everywhere we go we should be bringing peace so it's not a peaceful situation all it needs is you to be there so so you know talking about shoes I got a closet it's a nice size closet and it's full of shoes you know in in my closet I own about this much of the shoes that are in there though (laughs) you catch my drift <laughs> There's a helmet in this armor. Like football, you you gotta wear a helmet to get on that field. I, I suggest you wear a helmet. If you play football, please put on a helmet. If you ride a bike, please wear your helmet. It, it protects your dome. You want your dome to be protected. Dome is another word for, he- for head. That's how we say it in the hood. Dome. Don't get your dome split. All right. Sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit is a weapon. Sword of the Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. It is God Almighty, your weapon. And what happens with this weapon? Number seven is praying in the Spirit. This is how we will the sword of the Spirit. This is how we take ground with the sword of the Spirit, by praying in the Spirit. Now these six pieces, before we get to praying in the Spirit, these six pieces are defensive. So the, the, the helmet protects your head. You have the shield of faith. You have the, the, the gospel of peace for your feet, the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate of righteousness for all you guys who want abs, it, it come automatically with the breastplate. So just put on the breastplate and you got a, a, a real set of abs there. But no crunches required. But praying in the spirit, it's our only offensive weapon. It's the weapon where we take ground. We take take back what's been stolen by the enemy, time, land, opportunities, relationships. It's our progressive weapon. It's the the weapon that makes us invincible. So what is praying in the spirit? 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, King James. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. No man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So so the Bible tells us that when you pray in in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, it's your spirit that's praying, that that, that real part of you, that part that that comes directly from God, that that part that looks just like God Almighty. That's your spirit. Your spirit is praying, and the Bible says, he who prays in the spirit edifies himself, So I'm sure in this church, we've been taught that you are a spirit, that you possess a soul, and that you live in a body. So praying in the spirit edifies your entire self. Not just your spirit is charged, but your soul is saved. It saves your soul. Your body is repaired. This is is how we repair our bodies. Wolverine has nothing on us. (laughs) Now, there are thousands of promises God made in the Bible. However, Jesus emphasized the promise and the power. In Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or clothed with power from on high. Now, we're believers, we believe in the finished works of Christ, but we must also be filled and clothed endued with power from on high. This is, this is the power that we have. It's not lacking, it is, it is what has been given to us. Jesus has given this to us as a gift. He's poured out his spirit, he's poured out his blessing, Isaiah 44 says, and he has given us this prayer language to take ground to take, take what's been lost, what's been stolen from us, to take it back. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will be clothed with power from on high, and you will have the evidence of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, praying in spirit. I, I like to use uh, acronyms in my, house, my household. I, like, I love seeing the reaction of my, my 13-year-old daughter when she rolls her eyes when I come up with something fly and she really doesn't understand it. But I also roll my eyes at her when she thinks she comes up with something fly, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. But speaking in tongues, I, you know, I call it sit. And just thinking about this uh, last week, uh, the Spirit of the Lord gave me a revelation of speaking in tongues. So S I T, sit, speaking in tongues. When you sit, you are resting, and where there's rest, you now allow the Holy Spirit to fight your battles for you, right? So, so, so he, is, he is fighting the battles, and he is giving you the victories. Now, by show of hands, who, who likes the Holy Spirit to fight the battles for them, right? That way you can hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. Or, or we call it praying in the spirits. We call it pits, P-I-T-S, in my household. John chapter 7 and thirty-seven. It says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or his belly will flow rivers of living water. Say rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Say it again. Rivers of living water. Now one more time. Rivers of living water. Now I like the number 80. I would say say it 80 times. But. Rivers of living water. But this he spake concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus has been glorified. He has sent this gift. He has sent the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in tongues to his people. So rivers of living water. Rivers of living water in the book of Ezekiel 47, and uh, verse 9 in NLT rivers of living water. It says that there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. So, so in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is compared to water, oil, and the wind. So fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. And I love this part right here, this, this ending part. Life will flourish wherever the water flows. So, you may have a situation in your life. You may may have a a, a situation that you really can't deal with. Uh, You are a believer. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have this prayer language. You can aim this prayer language, the Holy Spirit, at that issue. And the Bible says that life will flourish wherever this water flows. So, whatever your problem is, what's your problem? What's your issue? It stands no chance versus the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. No chance. You, you can't lose for winning. That's pretty good. I have my pen up here. I'd write that down. But, uh, <laughs> I used to tell that to the, to the young guys we draft. They'd sit in the meeting room, and Coach Mike Marks would be putting stuff up. He, he's writing stuff. He's going left and right, and they're sitting there like this. I was like, you ain't going to get it. You ain't going to be here long. If you're not writing it down, you ain't going to be alone. So I didn't have to worry about my job for 16 years because they didn't take notes. I took notes. It's easy. It's easy to win. So, So the Lord Jesus said, this is the power. This is the promise. So what does the power look like? Let's take a look at the power. Acts 5, 5 and 12, NLT. Isaac Bruce was performing many miraculous signs. Does it say that in your Bible? Okay, I like to mix mix my faith with what's been spoken. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple and in the area known as Solomon's Colony. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds, both men and women, as a result of Isaac Bruce's work. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out in the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's or Isaac's shadow might fall across some of them. You got to read it like that to yourself. You got to believe that. That's believing. Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed with evil spirits, and they were all healed. Let's say those words, those last four words with me. They were all healed. One more time. They were all healed. And now, if you're taking notes, write down there is no uncurable disease. None. There was no uncurable disease. Jesus said, "The works that I do, you will do also." Yeah. And greater works. guess what? Jesus' shadow never healed anybody. It's not recorded in the Bible. But right here it says that shadow, I mean Peter's shadow, Peter's shadow fell across sick, and they were healed. Evil spirits left people. So you can start expecting that in your household or when you go to work, people get healed. <clears throat> that, question, that question of that person at your job that you just keep saying, what is wrong with them? That, that, evil, that evil spirit that's bugging them, it'll leave them because of you, because of that spirit that's in you. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, right? Yeah, that's what we have. The spiritual gifts have not ceased. The mighty move of the Holy Spirit's gifts that happened in the early church, they are still happening today. I had the privilege not too long ago, last week, to pray for my sister. She was having a headache. And, uh, you know, I stepped back a little bit. I, I prayed in tongues and, and uh, I laid my hands on her, and the, and, and the headache left. You know, she started to revive, she started moving around. You know, when she she felt better, she started giving credit to, you know, the juice I had went and bought her. But I was like, nah, it wasn't the juice, beloved. (laughs) It was it was the juice because we got the juice. Right. Mark Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, New Living Translation. It says these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Human snakes and regular snakes. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Praying in the spirit is the prayer that opens the door to the supernatural for us. It is the prayer that, that, that we maintain our invincibility. You will see miraculous healings. And all of those things are preceded by praying in the Holy Spirit. Sitting, S-I-T, pits. <laughs> I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Chesterfield, Missouri, years ago, 19, 1996. And I was playing football. I was a football player at that time. Uh, St. Louis Family Church, Pastor Perry. Big shout out to him right quick. Um, And I can tell you that for me, nothing spectacular happened. There was no cartwheels, no karate kicks or anything like that. I received, I just simply believed the word, received, and prayed in the spirit by faith. But I tell you, after that experience... I started to notice things happening in my life professionally from a football standpoint. Um, Up to that point, as far as football is concerned, I was just a fast guy, just another fast guy. Uh, uh, Let you in on a secret. Fast people, they can make it to professional football, but they won't last long because once the skill and the wisdom of the game uh, greets them or knocks on their door, uh, everybody runs a 4-3. Uh, I, don't think you're very, I don't think you can be as fast as a zone defense placed in front of you because you can run by this guy, but there'll be someone else waiting for you right there. And that kind of erases you out of the game. So I was a fast guy, but after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I became what they call a precision route runner. So I, I, could, I could manipulate guys. I can make guys go left when I go right and be wide open. Uh, I, I can make things uh, look easy. Um, oftentimes when we brought in guys from other teams or when we drafted other players uh, you know in practice or in film meeting we'd sit down and guys would ask me yo how, how is it that you make things look so easy some of you guys didn't know what I'm talking about so you know my answer be that, to them would be in the moment um, I pray in the Holy Ghost I pray in the Spirit and he'd be like huh What? what I was like yeah but You know what, those who are really interested, those who are really intrigued by what I said on the field would oftentimes find me in the sauna, find me at my locker, and we sit down and talk, and they they become a believer, and they get filled, and it would change their professional lives, not only their professional lives, but, but like Ezekiel 47 said, life will flourish wherever the water flows. That's good news right there. That's good news. So we imitate our father. When he sees truth falling, injustice falling, lacking, he puts on his armor, and we are to put on his armor. And it's just not for show, like I said earlier, but it's for show, right? Because I don't know about you. You know, I grew up in that house with, you know, 15, you know, children. I mean, when, when mom and dad picked up that belt, she picked it up for a reason. It wasn't just for show. But it was for show. <laughs> but God was out to destroy his enemies. So we should be out to destroy his enemies. Right. We put on his armor. Romans 11, 26 through 27, NLT. Paul is quoting Isaiah 59. And so all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem, and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. So Paul is quoting Isaiah 59, and in verse 19 in Isaiah 59, we see, In the west, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the east, they will glorify him. For he will come like a raging flood tide, driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. And this is the covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips, and on the lips of your children, and on your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken it. This is a legacy as fathers, as parents, that we should be leaving to our children. Because when we pray in the Spirit... The word of God tells us that our generations are blessed. And you know you want your generations blessed. You know you want your children blessed. You want your children to do 10 times what we've done, accomplish 80 times what we've accomplished. So by believing in the gospel and praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will fight our battles, and he will give us the victory. Don't we like victories, right? I like victories, but I don't like to fight for them. Uh, I like to fight the way God says to fight. I like fighting like a God, fighting like a king. Praying to the Spirit is your, is your language that kings, that, that kings use. We, we're, we're speaking uh, uh, the voice of angels, and he gives us the victory. He says, hold your peace, and he will do what? He will fight your battle. So this is what we do. We, we allow God to fight our battles, and we receive the victories. And that's just not it. At the end of Isaiah 50, 59, we go right into Isaiah 60. And it says, rise and shine. You ready to rise and shine? Huh? We believe the gospel, and we pray in the Holy Spirit. Rise and shine. That's the spirit of power. We stir up that gift. When you start stirring up that gift that God has given us, we see power, we see love, and we see a sound mind. Amen? All right, amen. That's it. That's it for the day, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, Always a pleasure, always a pleasure uh, to to be in St. Louis and to be at Church on the Rock. You guys are are awesome. Uh, Everything that you're doing in the communities, uh, God bless you. Um, I thank God for for you, for Pastor Blunt, uh, his example, uh, his leadership. It's just awesome. You guys are truly, truly blessed. And In closing, if if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, take this opportunity right now and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you that I have forgiveness of sins. Based on your finished work, I I declare that you are my Savior. I declare that you are my deliverer. I declare you my Lord. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I also invite you to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you have been glorified, but you are sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying for me. I receive your promise of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that as I believe, I thank you as I believe. that I am endued now with power. Now, 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 now. I am clothed with power. And I receive my heavenly language, the gift of speaking and praying in tongues, the gift of and praying, in, tongues. praying in, the in the Spirit. And I thank you for it. In Jesus'
0: name, amen, amen, all right, all right. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others head over to cotr.org slash next steps, where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.